ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, May 19th. Your Drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true. Great taste only. 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Coming up today on the show, about 515, we're going to hear from Marshall University Athletics Associate Athletic Director. That's what my uh, cue sheet says. Marshall University Athletics Associate Athletic Director for Academic Services. That's a big title, but she does a big job. Lisa Williamson joins the program to talk about the herd student-athlete performance academically. They did pretty good. For the past year, Marshall, get this, get this. APR, top 10% nationally. They did pretty good. APR is pretty, pretty good for the herd. Herd's got 223 in Conference USA's Commissioner's Honor Roll. What, what, 60 Herd students getting CUSA academic medals? This is what it's about. It's about the academics. And so uh, she's going to join us in the program. We're going to talk about that. Hey, look, we don't talk about it enough, and I think we need to highlight the fact that there's really a student portion of student-athlete in the equation, and Marshall does a great job with their program, and we will talk about that. Also, we'll get your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. So much going on. Let's get into the Big 12. Let's start there today. Uh, We're going to find out about maybe the end of the month. The Big 12 trying to figure out when to allow athletes back on campus And yesterday, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said that there isn't a decision yet on the day, but options are pretty well defined. He said it could be earlier in June, it could be mid-June, it could be late June or early July. So June, 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 or early July. And he said SEC schools were fairly evenly split on those options. So the Big 12 trying to figure out what they're going to do. It's an active agenda item as way it's described. So we don't know. There's not a uniform answer to this. Will Conference USA, hopefully we'll be finding out some more soon, will Conference USA allow athletes to come back? Will states allow athletes to come back? Lots of questions up in the air right now. And again, I think the biggest concerns are how do you do this safely and if you do this with or without fans, the health issue is the biggest one. And if you can put this together and satisfy the health issue, I think you got a shot at doing this because college athletics need to see football happen more than any other entity. I think baseball could survive. Major League Baseball, it would hurt, but they could survive a year. The NFL, it would hurt. I think the NFL could survive a year, but the difference here is the players have an active role in what the NFL will do. You've got players who have a union. Baseball, you have players that have a union. Hockey, you have players that have a union. College, you don't have players that have a union. 
That's the difference. College athletic directors, college presidents, they're the ones making decisions. College commissioners, they're making the decisions. The student athlete doesn't have a voice. And so that's what makes it harder. You don't have a uniform voice out there because one state might say you're not going to play. Another state might say, yeah, you're going to play. And also you might have student athletes that say, look, I don't feel good about this. And okay, you don't have to play. You lose scholarship. You no longer reside on the team. There's so many issues and I'm not implying that any of that's going to happen, but there is the possibility of all of that happening. So that's where we're at right now. There's not a uniform voice that's out there right now tying this all together. I mean, if we could agree, if there was just a d- definitive, we could agree, instead of this being a loose coalition, sort of a, yeah, we're going to work together, but we're going to do our thing if it benefits us, and you're going to do your thing if it benefits you. No, this really needs to be reevaluated when we get to the point of sitting down and trying to figure out how to run college athletics in a uniform manner. And I know you have conferences for reasons. It's a grouping of like institutions for the mutual benefit of each other. And I get that. Scheduling purposes, a lot of that goes into it. Marketing, marketability, yeah, that's a big deal. And so I can understand why you would have coalitions, but at the same time, there really needs to be something that's a little bit more uniform. Because you have the Big 12 practicing and you can't have the Big Ten practicing, I mean, who's right, who's wrong? So that's where we're at with that, more hopefully, as we progress. And, of course, we got a lot to get into today because of the fact that more universities are making decisions about scheduling. We're going to get into the Mountain West. They are changing their basketball schedule. Also, we're going to talk a little bit more about some programs that are cutting things. They're cutting either travel rosters, or they're cutting sports. More schools are announcing they're making some changes to what they've got. And another thing I want to get into today, we talk about how college athletics, it's going to be hard to pay student-athletes. Student-athletes can't pay, and we're not making any money here. We don't have any money. But you know what? The Power Five conferences spent 350000 lobbying Congress In the first three months of 2020, that's uh, more than they've spent in any full year as an effort to influence congressional legislation affecting the ability of college athletes to earn endorsement money. So don't tell me this isn't about money. And if the Power Five can spend that kind of money, and in the grand scheme of things, it's probably not that much, but if they can spend that kind of money on trying to prevent college athletes to earn endorsement money, don't tell me you can't pay a student athlete or you can kick in a little bit more. Now, of course, this is the Power Five we're talking about. This isn't Conference USA. This isn't the Mid-American Conference, the haves and the have-nots. But still, ultimately, at the end of the day, and maybe I was a little resistant to this in the beginning because I like the fact that it is amateur athletics. And you know what? The value of a scholarship, it means a lot to me. If I get a full ride, I get a full scholarship, that's a, that's a big value for me, but there's lots of money being made in college athletics, so you could help the student-athlete a little bit more than you possibly are. I'm always pro-athlete. I really am. As far as student-athlete is concerned, I try to be pro-student-athlete because these young men are out there every day. And, of course, universities are doing the right thing by them a lot of times. 
like our next guest when we talk about it in a few minutes. We're going to talk about the athletics and the academics coming together. Lisa Williamson joins me on the program when we continue with today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. And as we mentioned at the top of the program, Marshall University had seven athletic programs earn a perfect single-year APR. That is the academic progress rate. The NCAA announced that, um, well, eight programs either improved or equaled their multi-year APR score from last year. So softball, every other sport. I mean, we just go down the list and I think it would be better to have someone go down the list that is in charge of everything that happens academically. I don't know if I'm putting too much on her, but Lisa Williamson's joining us. She is the Associate Athletic Director for Academic Services, Marshall University, and she's now with us on the program. There are so many programs, you probably know it off the top of your head, but several programs, once again, showing excellence in the classroom, and I know that makes everyone happy in the athletic department. That is for sure. We have a lot to brag about today. <laughs> So let's go down the list. Uh, I mean, the usual suspects are there. Golf, basketball for the women, women's cross country, softball, the soccer team on the women's side, swimming and diving, track and field, volleyball. They all have a multi-year APR average equal to or higher than the national average, which really, um, if you're looking at measurements, that's where you want to be. doesn't matter if you win championships. You you want those, but you want to graduate these student-athletes and get them the best education possible. Completely. And uh, we couldn't be prouder. We have um, so many sports that continuously will run such a high score. And then softball this year, this is their first time ever they set a program record. So it's just, it's the most uh, that we've ever had with seven teams getting a perfect score. So it's just, it's been outstanding. For those who maybe don't understand exactly what you do, you're not over these kids' shoulders every day, you know, with the ruler smacking their hands if they're not doing their homework. You're partnering no, with them. Yeah, I mean, you, you, but you're, you're basically you're. you're the, <laughs> I mean, maybe you do. I don't know, but you're working we, with them. You're working with the coaches. Uh, explain that process. We do. Yeah, we work very closely with our student athletes. We have a great staff of counselors that um, work with each of the sports. And they work in conjunction with the coaches. Many of our coaches are really hands-on, and they they work with us. We communicate with them on a daily basis with what is going on with this student. And, and it's just we're constantly monitoring and communicating, and that's, that's the big thing. We're, we're all working together. It's really a partnership because uh, the coaches obviously – they want their student-athletes to do the very best, not only on the field or on the court. They want them also yeah. to achieve in the classroom. And when I talk to some of the coaches, it almost feels like they're on cruise control. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that their student-athletes are so in tune with that that they're really just behind them for support because these young athletes, these young men and women, are really involved in their, their academics. I mean, they're not here just they, to play a sport. They're, they're here to get their education. That they definitely are, and uh, we have a lot of coaches who, when they start from the recruiting process, 
that, that that's what they're looking for. They're looking for quality students who are not only going to be um, doing well on the field, but they're also going to be doing well academically. They want to see these kids graduate just as much as we want them to. Joining us on the program, the Associate Director for Academic Services, Lisa Williamson, joins us. And if you look at how Marshall performs nationally and in Conference USA, how 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 do these young men and women rank? Where where are they? Where would you put them? I mean, in, you know, top percentile, higher, you know, middle of the pack. Where are they? I'm glad you asked that question. We have seven programs that finish in the top five within their sport for for Conference USA. That was uh, women's basketball, women's golf, women's soccer, swim and diving women's track and women's volleyball, all of them scored uh, in the top five in their sport. So really, Marshall is one of the leaders in Conference USA. Yeah. Joining us on the program, the Associate Athletic Director for Academic Services, Lisa Williamson. She joins us now. And you look at these numbers, it's not just one year good success. It's been consistent and you've had some coaches changes here and there. Nothing, yeah. not a major turnover, but there have been a couple of coaching turnovers. What do you attribute to the success, though, the consistency here? It's, um, I mean, because you could have a potential for drop off, and you really haven't had that. Uh, correct. Um, I really am so pleased with the academic facility that we have, and I think it attributes directly to that. Um, having a place where these students can come and if you've ever been in the academic center uh, during a full swing of the semester, we have students in there from eight in the morning until nine at night and they are literally working around the clock. Sometimes we just have a complete packed house in our academic center with students working on their courses, meeting with tutors, uh, we've got them for study hall. So uh, the facility, I think it all attributes back to that. We now have a space that students can get the help that they need. And it's also, I think, good to point out that there's always a fight to get in there, it feels like. I mean, you don't have maybe just a few student athletes taking advantage of it. I mean, for the for the majority of the student population, the the athletes are really taking advantage of that opportunity. They are. They are. Um, we have. Uh, they love the facility, and so do we. And they will come up there. It, it's kind of funny because it, it for some of the student athletes, it's become habit to where uh, they'll get out of practice and they'll just come up there and and you know want to check in and see what they need to be working on so it just it provides an outlet for them to come up and just touch base with their athletic counselor right there and make sure they're on track now i think something we need to point out as well is the academic program at marshall facility it's not just a glorified study hall you're doing a lot also not just with the facility but with the student athletes because Travel is a consideration. These young men and women, they're out of the classroom all the time. They're either on the road or they've got weird schedules because of practice mm-hmm. and how games are going. So 
that's where you really kick in working with the coaches, working with the student-athletes to make sure that they're, they're staying up on their studies. And it doesn't mean just having a computer screen, which is a helpful thing, but mm-hmm. you're also doing a lot of things, making sure they're, they're taken care of on the road and making sure they're with the right uh, advisor or the counselor or they're getting you know, the homework assistance they need. That's completely correct. We uh, stay in constant communication with our coaches, and we've even have had instances where um, if, if a sport is going to be out of town traveling for a, a little more of an extended period of time, we will have one of our athletic counselors go with that team and travel and conduct study hall on location for, wherever they're, they're going. So ultimately, at the end of the day, you're getting championship rings when Marshall wins a championship, right? You, you should. You, <laughs> you, sh- you should have got a soccer ring, right? I hope you did. It, <laughs> that that would be nice. <laughs> well, I'm gonna put the, no. I'm gonna put the university on blast right now, and you know we should be awarding you rings when championships are won. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll take you up on that. Joining us on the program, the athletic director for academic services, Lisa Williamson, and. Marshall with outstanding numbers once again today. If um, not to put you on the spot, but which coach is the best to work with, or which group of coaches are the best to work with? Oh, is wow. is it Ari Agnes? Is it John Mercer? Is it Tony Kemper? I mean, Doc Holliday is just right around the corner, so I know he's got easy access. But you know, <laughs> who's who's the easiest it, to work with, or who's the most fun? I mean, yeah, you know, or I'm not going to ask you to rank I, them, but all right, please don't. Um, but but two that really do stand out and uh, newer um, coaches are Ari and with women's volleyball. And this is the second year in a row that her team has scored a perfect APR. So that directly, she's been from the very beginning uh, very hands-on with her students, as well as uh, as well as the swim dive coach. Um, he has been excellent. This is the fourth year in a row that they have made um, made a, a perfect score. So in, in Walsh, it's just fantastic. Okay, so if you got to pick on one coach, though, is it Tony Kemper? <laughs> no, Tony's fantastic to work with. Uh, he, no, he's great, and um, I will say too. This is the women's basketball. This is their first perfect score in in quite a while. So uh, kudos to them. They're doing well in the classroom also. Yeah, I can pick on Tony. That's why I picked him out and singled him out. Yeah. I'm afraid of Ari, (laughs) so I don't want to pick on her too much. (laughs) No, they're all great. We're we're very lucky, and um, they make our job a lot easier because we know if if we've got an issue – with a student, we know we could pick up the phone or walk over to one of the coaches' offices and get it taken care of. So, and I, that, truly, that is from for every coach that we have. So, that goes a long way. Now, this is something that we see the numbers once a year, and we talk about it, and then maybe we'll talk about it again the following year when the numbers come out. But do you think this really needs to get more attention? Because one of the success that Marshall has, and just the fact that. Maybe sometimes we collectively, as fans or members of the media, we, we sometimes overlook or forget, or we're just spoiled because Marshall has such a good program here that we really don't focus on it enough to, to really celebrate the academic success of these athletes. I think 
that's true. Um, I definitely want all of our students to recognize the impact and and the accomplishment of what they're doing. Um, a, a lot of people in the community may not realize uh, how demanding uh, these students' daily lives are. You know, they are up early in the morning and they literally go from class to trying to sneak in some food somewhere and going to study hall, coming to tutoring and uh, practice and workout. And it's just, it's nonstop in our students. Really, when you take a look at, at what they do on a daily basis, these scores make it all the more remarkable. Is that where you step in then to, to make sure that they're not just taken care of academically, but just their, their, their health and well-being as far as not getting overwhelmed, being able to manage their schedule? Absolutely. I mean, they're working yeah. two full-time jobs. They're a student. But they're they're they an athlete. And you expect them to perform in both jobs. And that's, that's amazing that they can do that. Yeah. The, the balance, it, the balance is key. And, um, we really try our best to, to make sure, um, watching their course load and, and that we're not, um, uh, pairing them up in more diff, all, all difficult classes in one semester or while they're in season. So, it goes back to the athletic counselors really planning out their class schedules and making sure um, that we've got them uh, in, a, in as great of a schedule as we possibly can, but also just making sure every day that they're, um, they're getting a good balance and having enough time to themselves. You know, that, that's something that they rarely really have a break from the daily, you know, sun up to sundown. So it's just... Uh, we really try to look out for them. Associate athletic for ath- easy for me to say. Athlete- <laughs> Associate <laughs> athletic director for academic services. There's a lot of A's in that title. Lisa Williamson That's joins right. us on the program. Uh, on a on a more pertinent note, with the COVID nineteen pandemic and the way that the semester ended and and how classes are being yeah. handled at this point, what are the challenges for you now that we're going to either remote learning or we're going to a system where there might be uh, some contact on mm-hmm. campus. There might be some distance mm-hmm. learning. I mean, we don't know what the landscape's going to look like, but you've got to be ready. And how are you dealing with it? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. And um, we really, um, when, when we found out we were having to uh, move to an online format for the rest of the spring semester, there were a couple of weeks um, there. Luckily, we had that spring break week where students were already scheduled to be out of classes. So that gave us time to shift everything over to an electronic format as far as tutoring was concerned. And we implemented um, using Microsoft Teams, and that uh, really helped us. We had all of our tutors that were scheduled normally for student appointments we worked all of their tutoring out to where they were in individual meetings every week with their tutor through the use of Microsoft Teams. And then um, going into the fall, we're trying to put a plan in place now. And um, what we think the the best way to kind of handle this, to cut down on um, 
students and tutors being close together to, to talk and discuss uh, material, what we're going to do is go ahead and schedule all of our tutoring sessions for the fall through that, through that same format with Microsoft Teams so that if something happens uh, and we, there's a setback and we do have to kind of shift again, we'll already be uh, in the best place to, to take care of what we still need to get done. Um, and we are putting in place, um, I, I, we'll definitely still have our student athletes coming up to the academic center, but we're, we're definitely putting in some safeguards to make sure um, that we all stay as, as healthy as we possibly can. Lisa, have there been any problems with the fact that not everybody has access to technology? I mean, sure, kids come to college and maybe this is their first experience on a college campus. You know, maybe they come from a poor background. I mean, there's so many issues, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to outline and be stereotypical, but the entire no. spectrum of why a kid yep. maybe doesn't have access to something is out there. How do you work around that or what does your department do? What- Marshall uh, and Marshall, the IT department stepped up in such a significant way because um, their the Office of Student Success really worked um, with students, not just student athletes, but the whole entire student body. Any student that did not have the technology that they needed. Um, the university worked with them and even um, sent them laptops or iPads or, and hotspots to get Wi-Fi. And the university in whole just really pulled together to do what we could to make sure students were able to keep up with their assignments. Going forward, once we get past the pandemic, you know, what do you think that we're going to take away from the new way we're doing this that's going to help improve what you do? Or, you know, maybe this is the new way to do business on the road as well with uh, conferencing. It, it and- might. Yeah. Um, you know, switching to, switching to an online format for tutoring was was really um, an eye opener because it, it forced us to use something we would not have ever thought to try. And. Now we're looking at how well it went at the end of the semester, and I can easily see us um, having students traveling on the road, but they happen to still be uh, have an hour available to meet with their tutor, and we can just set that up through Microsoft Teams and, and still have that tutoring session. Same thing with study hall. We, you know, that is providing us uh, the format that we need to be able to to reach out to students um, when they're on the road. So it's it's really prompted us to kind of look at that and appreciate that format that we we've got available to us and uh, go from there. I think it's I think it's a great great thing to use. Lisa Williamson joins us, the Associate Athletic Director for Academic Services at Marshall University. And I'm kind of curious, if you would, let's just talk about the, the your support staff, the tutors, the, the people who are working with the student-athletes. It's not as if the yeah. athletes are working on their time. It's the other way around. If the student-athlete has an hour available, 
your staff, your counselors, your tutors, they're working with the student athlete to try to to work with them when their schedule allows. And I'm sure that's got to be a challenge at all times. It is. It, it is. Um, when, uh, when we schedule their, uh, all of their tutoring and study halls based around their classes and practice times at the beginning of the semester, it's, um, it, it takes a little bit of work to try to see, okay, um, this student has an hour break here, but he's just been in class for three hours. So when is that student going to be able to get lunch and, um, you know, get, re- get ready for practice? So um, we, we do. And we're, we keep uh, our staff up there uh, till nine o'clock at night. And so someone's always on hand to help students uh, when they're there. So if they're uh, busy during the day with classes and practice, uh, they can come see us in the evening as well. And uh, we just, you know, w- always want to be there. We have a great support staff. And I really want to uh, to compliment all of my uh, athletic counselors and on the jobs that they do. Because without them, we would not have uh, these scores. Lisa, it's a great day for Marshall Athletics. These are fantastic numbers. As I said earlier, uh, I think you should be getting some championship rings for every sport that <laughs> wins a conference title or or gets uh, far right. in the playoffs, uh, wins a bowl. I think rings should be coming to you for your hard work. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Lisa, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. That's Lisa Williamson. She is the Associate Athletic Director for Academic Services at Marshall University. Yeah, I'm spending Marshall's money. Uh, you know what? She gets a championship ring. Everyone over there gets something, but uh, definitely uh, they do a great job. And without the academic performance, you don't have the sport because you don't have the athletes that are able to participate. So the academic importance is paramount to the success, I think, of Marshall Athletics. And I think Mike Hamrick would agree. Uh, he said in the release today, the addition of the Buck Harless Student Athlete Academic Center continues to benefit our young people, and these numbers bear that out. It was very wise to put that facility together, not just make it a practice facility, but you have, I think, additions to that facility that will reap the benefits for years for Marshall University. We've got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. The number to be a part of The Drive brought to you by Miller Lighthold. True great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. A lot of things happening in the scheduling of college basketball in the Mountain West. The Mountain West, they voted 7-4, the athletic directors did, to basically put in place a 20-game men's and women's basketball schedule beginning in two years. Now, the only thing we can say, because, again, it hasn't come out of the schools that voted against and voted for, only UNLV was uh, identified as one of the schools that voted against the measure. But it's situated here now to basically be um, in place 2022-2023.
So will this stand? Will this change? What's going to happen here? But they're putting together a 20-game basketball schedule. And again, you look at the reasons for this is is travel. And that's going to be a big consideration. That's going to be a huge consideration. And here's a story that, again, every day we find out more and more. East Carolina, for example, athletics right now, uh, they have a report that has been uh, commissioned. They have a fiscal sustainability working group. And the report that came out of that group, it was released to the public today, or yesterday, I'm sorry, it was released yesterday. It recommended the consideration of the reduction of sports by one or more as one of the many cost-cutting measures in a time of financial turmoil. Now, the athletic department, which is projected to operate at a loss of $7 million this fiscal year, is now expecting around a $10 million deficit due to the effects of the coronavirus on revenue. Now, most of the schools in the American are operating at a deficit of a few million, but ECU has been losing millions in recent years. So the report referred to that as not sustainable. And this is according to the reporting from 24-7 Sports. Give them credit for the report. The potential reduction of sports is one of the 10 recommendations given to the athletic department by the committee, which was comprised of a few high-ranking athletic department employees, ECU financial experts, and more related personnel. And they're looking to do that. And you see across the country... For example, the Mid-American Conference, they're going to end the practice of home teams staying in hotels the night before football games. That is according to league sources, and that was reported to the Blade. The Mac's also going to reduce the size of travel rosters. So we've, we've talked about some of the things that the Mac's doing, but the practice of staying in hotels the night before, some of you are for it. Some of you see it as, okay, you keep these kids together they're together in a hotel room, and we're not talking about being on the road in a hotel situation. We're talking about packing everybody up, packing all the kids up, and taking them out of town to a hotel so they can stay away from whatever trouble. I mean, that's that could be happening less and less now because, again, that costs money. And do you spend that kind of money on... Basically, bussing your kids away from campus, keeping them away from campus that night. And, of course, you can find them. You, you get them together in, in one area. You've got your arms around them. You can control it a little bit better. Yeah, I get what you're doing there. You're basically taking control of the situation, making sure that, okay, we got everybody here and accounted for. They can't go out and do something stupid the night before. I, I know what the thinking here is. I mean, part of it is... We can, we can, we're together, we can plan more, we can work with them up until game day, we got them here. I get that. It's also to keep them out of trouble. Is that not a reason? That's a reason. Keep them out of trouble. But some institutions, especially institutions where it costs money, you're, you're not necessarily making money hand over fist here. If you look at Alabama, they're making money. They're not going to cut the process. If you're looking at schools in the Mid-American Conference, Ohio could use a save a dollar, right? Akron definitely needs to save a dollar. Western Michigan needs to save a dollar. How do you do that? Well, you don't have the home team staying in hotels the night before. So you're going to have to figure out, okay, how do you make this work? The situation we've built for ourselves, how do you make this work? Because college football programs, 
are looking for ways to save money. And with conferences losing money, with schools losing money, you're going to see a situation where you're going to cut anything and everything you can possibly think of that does not need to happen. You might have a justification for it, but I think there are better ways to maybe maintain the situation and put a handle on it if you're looking at this from a fiscal standpoint. I mean, do I want to spend a lot of my athletic budget on taking my football team to a hotel room the night before a game? You don't do it for basketball. You're not doing it for any of the other sports. It's just football. I mean, you're not packing your basketball team away. I don't have to worry where young Jansen Williams is on any given night. Thankfully, I don't have to worry about where he's at. I don't have to worry where young Tavion Kenzie's at on any given night. Jared West is probably on the phone with all of them, like, okay, where are you at? You get what I'm saying? I'm not worried about the basketball team here. I'm not worried about the track team. I'm not worried about the volleyball team. You know, Ari's got her hands on the situation. John Mercer, he's got the tennis team under control. I'm not worried about them. And understand, there are a lot more kids to keep an eye on for football. And you, you want to keep everything in, in as much control as you possibly can. But that could be a situation where you're going to lose the ability to do that because it's going to save money. I mean, the Mac's already cutting back on postseason tournaments. They're cutting back on tournaments. They are jettisoning the tournaments. They're just throwing them out for men's or women's soccer. Baseball's gone. Softball's gone. Men or women's tennis, women's lacrosse, women's field hockey, all gone. And that's going to last for a few years. So postseason tournaments in the MAC, those are going to be cut as well. And they're trying to save money in the Mid-American Conference. And that might be some things we might be seeing out of Conference USA, or maybe not. I mean, everything's on the table, right? So right now, it's all speculation at this point on my part for what's going to happen in Conference USA or for Marshall. But these are some of the things that are happening elsewhere across the country. It could be coming to Conference USA. It's a possibility here. I mean, for example... Central Michigan, they discontinued indoor and outdoor track and field. Now, I don't think you would do that at Marshall. You put a lot of money into the facility here. Now, granted, the facility serves other purposes, but I don't think you would do that. But at the same time, Central Michigan, maybe they don't have the burden of a beautiful brand-new facility that is also good for indoor track. And the budgetary needs could be different at Central Michigan. To be honest with you, we don't know what the budget plans are going to be at Marshall University. We don't know what the plans are, how to address all of this. We don't know what's been implemented. We don't know what's going to be implemented. We don't know. And that's okay because right now they're trying to figure out what's going to happen. And sometimes action is the best course. And sometimes you can sit back and just get a survey going. You can get a lay of the land and see, all right, here's where I got to navigate. Let's just navigate this instead of just going full throttle into some course. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Buckle up. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're wrapping up today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This Tuesday, May 19th, we've been with you live every day. Monday through Friday, since the start of this. We'll be here during the entirety of this. We'll be here for you after all of this. 
every day from this studio. So thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate it. Don't forget, if you miss any part of today's show or any past show, all you have to do is go to the podcast and download it. You can get that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn. Wherever you get your podcast is where you'll find The Drive with Paul Swan. And don't forget, we have an Alexa skill. You go to the Alexa store, find ESPN 94.1. You enable that, and then you can tell your smart device, Alexa, play ESPN 94.1, and she'll do it for you. So all kinds of cool things there. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Thanks for tuning in. I want to thank my guests for coming on today to give us more of an insight on what's happening with Marshall University Academics, and that is Lisa Williamson, the Associate Athletic Director for Academic Services at Marshall's APR. Strong once again, and that's a good thing. Marshall is doing its job when it comes to the student-athlete portion. Marshall can win all the championships. Marshall can win none of the championships as long as the grades are good. I think we should be good. That's going to do it for today's edition. Thanks for tuning in. Back tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 FM. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.